Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to the Umarpreneur podcast. And today I have with me a special guest, Sister Rahma Roda. Assalamu alaikum, Sister. How are you? Alaikum assalam. Jazakallah khair for having me. It's a pleasure, of course. And uh, we're really excited to have this conversation with you because I think it's the first time that we actually have uh, someone on the podcast who helps others uh, become authors, right? So that's really a cool niche that you have. And I want to know if we could actually start right at the beginning and if you could share with us a little bit more about what you do and what even inspired you to do it. Awesome. Um, so my name is Rahma Roda. I uh, am a children's books author. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the last year, I've uh, started a, a new um, business in terms of writing uh, and teaching other people how to self-publish their own books Mm -hmm. and I do that under the name of self-publish legacy and so in terms of what what I what started me on this path is really just for me there was a desire to see more representation in the space of uh, children's literature Mm -hmm. uh, specifically when it comes to muslim uh, children's book i found that there was very little representation in terms of um, black muslim representation or books Mm -hmm. in that in that category and uh, when i one day had the inspiration for a story that's when i decided to pursue that inspiration and then uh, write my first picture book um, titled Mahima's Quest that was uh, released in 2017 and then in 2018 I released another picture book called uh, uh, Little Brother for Sale and so those are my two uh, books that I have self-published in 2020 I actually signed a deal with HarperCollins uh, Canada and U.S. and I have two books coming out one is coming out uh, later on this year inshallah in September and it's titled uh, Dear Black Child and then um, I think next year or the year after uh, Dear Muslim Child will be also released and yeah oh, that was, I was gonna say that's <laughs> that's awesome and I'm, I'm so curious to dive into all of this but go ahead I didn't want to cut you off sorry okay so Along that journey, I just countered a lot of people that also had these incredible stories that they wanted to tell, but they weren't exactly sure how to do it. They weren't sure how to um, go about, you know, publishing their own stories. Um, and I had a lot of questions. People came to me uh, as a resource and I decided to create this other page where I would just directly talk to potential inspiring Um, writers where I would just help them with tips and things that I've learned since starting um, mistakes that I've made and things that I wish someone had told me um, pursuing that journey and so that's what I do I I just tell people I have this ebook on my website called um, everything you need to know about self-publishing because I believe that you need to have the knowledge before you pursue that I'm a very book supporter of self-publishing um, because it gives you that autonomy and that uh, full control of the process. It's not something that's very easy. So I want people to have that full knowledge before going into. And I really just kind of detail what is self-publishing and what is traditionally publishing so that you have the knowledge before you pursue that path. Mm-hmm. And then if people decide to self-publish, how do we do it well is basically where I come in. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like you really want to help other people get into the space as well. And, and that's what's motivating you to do this in helping 
you know, more literature will be more literature be available. And the way that you do that is by having more authors writing that literature. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, but it very focused on our children deserve more diverse stories, but we also deserve to have well-written um, stories. 100%. So I focused on, you know, making sure that if this is the path you want, how do you do it well? Mm -hmm. I love that. Now I want to, I want to rewind because I'm, this is a topic that really excites me personally because I'm someone who loves stories. And to be honest with you, even business uh, itself, when we look at business and every great business, it has to be tied to a great story, right? People right. can connect to stories. People can, people can connect to other human beings and what they go through in their journeys. And it's just such an important part of everything in life in that human beings naturally gravitate to story. Now, you wrote your first books as a self-published author. What was going through your mind when you were writing that first book, you did you know anyone else who was self-published? Is there someone that you looked up to and, you, and that made you feel like it was possible or is it just an idea that you had and you decided to move forward? Right. Um, no, I think a lot of people think and assume that I said, you know, oh yeah, there's a lack of diversity. Um, yeah, all those things were in my mind. Mm -hmm. But really for me, I believe that that story was just, um, and I believe all inspiration comes from Allah. Mm -hmm. All inspiration and ideas and things like that come from Allah. And then it's up to us whether we, what we do with that, mm -hmm. whether we decide to pursue that, whether we bring it to fruition. That's in of itself what we differentiate people because a lot of people have ideas a lot of people are sitting on stories for many years and what just you know uh makes people different is that some people have the courage to move on that and some people are still just you know in that idea phase and in that inspiration phase so i do believe that inspiration comes from god and so for me i was i think for many years as my children were younger just looking at them reflecting on when i came to canada and i i didn't see I loved literature and I loved reading, didn't see that representation. And I saw the same thing for my children. Um, but now I'm like, okay, I can make a difference, but I didn't really know how I was exposing them to a lot of literature, um, books that represented African-American characters and a lot of books that were um, geared for the Muslim children, but there was still that gap. So I would have two piles of books mm -hmm. and try to fill the gap, but I didn't have anything, many, I wouldn't say any, but I would say many didn't, there's not a lot of them. So, and then one day I just got that inspiration and I said, you know, wrote it in my journal. I said, I saw, I see this, this story in my head and I've always loved writing stories, but I've never written a picture book. Um, but I consumed a lot of picture books. So I knew like what it looks like, how the story is constructed, what entertains children. Um, so I wrote that story and then I just naturally just embarked on the self-publishing because in traditionally published, there's a lot of gatekeepers. There's um, the agent. You have to seek an agent. Um, that could take many, many years. And then that agent then pitches your story to find a publisher. And that could take many years, if at all, if it's ever published. I didn't want to wait. Basically, I tell everyone self-publishing was my first choice because I didn't want to wait. Mm -hmm. I saw a need for this story. And so, therefore, I just step-by-step step figured out how to do the self-publishing. And I'm so grateful that I did that because I don't believe that I would be here today had I not taken that risk and made that choice um, mm -hmm. the first time. What, what, what prompted you to then go towards being published uh, with HarperCollins the second time around? Um, I wrote a story called Dear Black Child and speaking mm -hmm. specifically to black children. 
And I didn't feel that it fit into the brand of um, writing for Black Muslim children. Mm -hmm. um, and for that story, I really saw that a lot of people could benefit from. And as much as I, I support and I believe in self-publishing, the way that the publishing industry is constructed is just you don't have as much reach. There are doors mm -hmm. that will be forever closed just because the mechanism of the industry is built in a way that um, self-published authors are not able to access some of those uh, places such as big stores or uh, schools or things like that. Um, even libraries, you have to make individual connection with the library. People would have to suggest your book. It's just not the same. So the readership and the, and the reach wouldn't be the same. So my intention for that book was always to try to get uh, traditionally published um, for, for that work itself. And uh, in 2020, um, I, I actually tried uh, the route that you're supposed to go, whereas querying agents and I never got any luck. And by some luck in, in 20, I wouldn't say luck because everything is written, but mm -hmm. um, in 2020, it just so happened that an editor had uh, heard, um, I had shared a piece during a talk and um, they said, would you be interested in turning this into a book? And alhamdulillah, so that's how that opportunity came about. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. And yeah. I'll be able to share that story on a bigger platform. Inshallah, definitely. That's uh, it's a beautiful journey to hear, mashallah. And I want to, um, there's so much that I want to ask you in regards to this conversation. I want to go a little bit deeper here into the why, because I want to know why was it even important for you to share stories to your children that they could connect to and relate with the main character who might be a Muslim, it might be, um, you know, a person of color versus, you know, just the standard children's books that you find, um, you know, in stores available everywhere. Yeah, um, because it's part of their identity, right? When I came to Canada, I was oftentimes the only Black Muslim girl in the room. Mm -hmm. um, and that the fact that I'm Black and the fact that I'm Muslim, those are two things that God has designed for me and chose for me. And it's two identities that make you a double minority. And I think it's important to speak to those both of those identity right and that's the reason for me is seeing sometimes oftentimes when you when you encounter something you you just move through life but then there are times that you relive those moments and for me it was really like watching my children coming to the world and kind of navigating themselves in the world and kind of me remembering being triggered back into my childhood and remembering how it was for me of course they have advantages that i've never had um in fact that they are able to speak the language where at the age of eight like i had to learn the language so i was much older than them and um but i also had something that they've never had is growing up in a country where everyone looks like them Mm -hmm. coming into like you know um, having being surrounded with the larger community everyone resembling you speaking the language that you speak never wondering where do you belong how come you know this and that those are are fundamental things that I've had for for seven years before I came here that my children never experienced so from a very young age at the age of three I remember taking my daughter to uh um, some sort of museum and then she would play with little girls and I remember her encountering her first um, situation where there was racism where the little girls wouldn't play with her and they would they were whispering against her and I could see it from over there and um, she didn't have the language for it but 
oftentimes we don't have language for it, but we know how it feels. So I think that's that's where it's important for me. The why has always been for me to show representation, to show, to normalize the fact that um, they are Black and Muslim, never to deny either of their identities, and to really celebrate that, something that God has chosen for them, um, and really walk into the world with that purpose, knowing that they were made in a way that God chose for them, and for them to fully embrace that and never wanting to change any of those two identities um, mm -hmm. as they continue to grow and as they continue to discover who they are and what their purpose is. What made you gravitate towards writing your own book as a way to achieve those goals and solve that problem for you? Because someone who is experiencing that might gravitate towards something else and be like, okay, well, maybe I'm going to just reinforce the way that I, you know, raise my children and be more present. Or someone might be, you know, th there's th hundreds of different ways to um, essentially tackle situations like this and, and try to build in our children an identity where they believe themselves and they have that confidence um, and hopefully they have the resilience to go through those challenging periods. What made you gravitate towards writing? Were you always a writer growing up? Um, I think I, I always was. Um, I'm, I'm from Somalia, so mm -hmm. um, Somalis are known for being poets and storytellers. We're very uh, much oral storytellers, and so that's really part of our DNA. Like We come mm -hmm. from the land of poets, so um, for me, I would hear a lot of stories from my parents, right? And I would read books and I naturally, like when I, as soon as I learned to read, I would read these stories and I would just always be reading. Um, in terms of storytelling, yes, I used to write stories, but I remember that my teachers would prefer the stories where there was no mistakes, there was mm -hmm. no grammar mistakes and things like that. And that wasn't me. I, these were my second and third languages that I was writing in. So for me, um, it was about the story. I was very creative, but I felt like it was never nurtured mm -hmm. because the teachers were preferring these children that um, these stories, I would say, that had no mistakes. And they were focused very much on the structure and very much on, on just the, the proper way of spelling and things like that. Not that those things are not important, but you know, as a child, that's what I remember. And then when I, it was time for me to choose what to do in university, um, my parents wouldn't understand a degree in literature. <laughs> like that it made no sense, right? right? So they were like, you know, pushing me to to get a degree in business, international business. And I pursued that for a while. And um, those are the things that matter to them. But I think that that was always a gift that God had given me, that a gift mm. that I always had inside, the gift of storytelling, the gift of um you know, uh, just telling stories in a way that connects with people. So mm -hmm. I think for me, when that inspiration came for that story, um, it was nothing that I sat down to to do. Like I said, it was it, it was just an inspiration that came, and I'm like, why not? Let's do this, and and that's where it started. Um, so I, I believe, like you know, we all have a path, and things just lead you on that path that was meant for you. Mm -hmm. Definitely, Subhanallah. The way that uh, uh, there's something that I always say. Uh, and it's that, you know, Allah's plan only makes sense when we look backwards. Um, exactly. Right. So when we reflect on kind of all the different uh, steps within our yeah. journeys, then we can recall why those steps were there in the first place. Absolutely. So, so you went on to write your first children's book. Now, what was the reception for that? And were you... Can I, how did you feel when you were about to, uh, you know, release that book? Did you have an audience at the time? Were you even promoting it? 
Where were you in that stage? Um, I honestly didn't know what I was doing. Mm. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I had, I was present on social media and I just, before I even wrote the story, I was just talking about these issues about representation, their importance for that, sharing books that I was reading with my children, um, you know, just being present, just the fact that I was there showcasing myself as, you know, and, and, you know, I just wanted to have conversations starting and saying that we are here and, you know, I wanted to share my own story coming to Canada, the things I was dealing with and the things that I was reflecting on, the things I was reading, the things I was thinking about. And then I started sharing and saying, guys, I'm on a journey. I'm writing this book. And I took my audience on that journey and, and just um, every step of the way of the book that I was writing, the illustrations, all of it. And then when I launched, um, it was really phenomenal because uh, I had already these uh, this community that I had built, not because of the book that I was writing, but because of just the, the, the type of stories I was telling, the presence that I had. And I made incredible uh, connection with, uh, you know, certain people on the audience. Um, some of the networking that I was able to do on social media led me to to be able to do that TED talk that I did um, in 2019. Um, I was able to get some features on uh, local radio, um, news coverage. A lot of things came about from there. And I actually, that really helped selling of the book. Mm -hmm. um, and that's before I even knew like how to market the book itself. Um, and I just kind of learned along the way. But one of the things that really helped is the fact that I was present on social media and I was sharing my journey along the way and really just sharing it in a way that let people know why I was doing it. Um, what was the purpose of that? And it really made sense from the way that I was already talking and being present on there. And um, people were really receptive. Um, but strategies and all of those things kind of came in afterwards mm. um but in the beginning it was just me being just sharing along the way what i was doing so you're now at the point where uh, you're helping other other aspiring authors who as well want to write their own books so what motivated you to actually go towards that route and what is the process really of helping authors can you help anyone kind of be an author or is there a certain type of person that usually you can tell okay this person you know they're 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 the auth they have that that author archetype or whatever <laughs> it is right yeah right um honestly what what prompted me to start it because i was getting a lot of questions people mm -hmm. were wondering and people and i didn't know that that's something that i could do until i started talking to people and people mm -hmm. were having questions how do you do this um does this make sense? Um, how would I go about doing that? So I wrote that ebook to kind of tell people what self-publishing is about. And yeah. if you really want to take that step, this is all you need to know. So that guide was for that. Then I decided to create a separate page on Instagram and just kind of really divide the brand um, mm -hmm. as to because I wanted to specifically talk to that audience that really were on the path of writing the book mm -hmm. they they had a desire to do so they either had a manuscript or they already had a book that they had written but now they were looking for help in marketing in terms of who i can help um now that i have experience in the traditionally published route um i can help 
I'm currently helping someone write a nonfiction um, self-help book, and we are planning to pitch it to uh, agents and mm -hmm. hopefully get uh, a deal. And then there's other another person that I'm helping who has already self-published, and I'm just doing you know marketing consulting, um, just helping her with her branding for a launch. So. In terms of who I can help, like I have vast um, experience in both sides, but in terms of who I who I decide to work with, it really depends on who the person is, where their stage is, and do they do they really resonate with me, my mm -hmm. personality, and the way that I like to provide the feedback or the coaching, and that you know, as coaching, you know, like it's really personal, right? Um, two people, you could want exactly what I'm offering, but we might just not be right for each other um, in terms of this very intimate relationship that we are embarking on in terms of producing this project that you have. So it's really having that conversation to say where you're at, what are your goals? Um, this is how I like to operate. This is a little bit about me and this is how I like to work. Is this right for you? And it could be right for me, but not right for you or right for you, but yeah. not for me. It's really, um, yeah, it has to be chosen by both sides. Mm -hmm. And what do you what do you feel like um, is the best way to if you were to go the self-publishing route? What do you feel like is the best way to go about doing that? Do you do you need to? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not very familiar with you know writing books, but it, what's the first steps? Is it first writing the outline and then the book and then the marketing, or is there a different trajectory that people should take? What's the high level overview of of someone's journey going down that route? Right. Um, first of all, you have to focus on the story. Mm -hmm. We can't talk about anything else if there is no story. The story has to be written, um, whether it be the first draft and you or you edit it in several drafts. We have to have a story unless you're talking about um if you're talking about uh, uh if you're trying to go into the traditionally published and it's a non-fiction uh, book or things like that then that's a different where you produce a proposal but self-publishing requires you to write the whole book then mm -hmm. i would talk to the person and say you know we have to get an editor involved that's a crucial crucial step that some people miss and um, that's one of the biggest advice that I have is that you have to hire an editor a second editor um, and you have to hire an editor that is well versed has experience in the type of book that you're writing so if you're mm -hmm. writing a picture book make sure that you're hiring an editor that is familiar with picture books if the editor has never edited a picture book, it's not going to be good because yeah. they don't know the style. They don't know the type of um, the word count and all of these things. Right. So it's really important to have that. And then once once that part is done, then, you know, we can talk about if you're doing illustration for a picture book or a book cover for a novel or a YA, whatever that is. And then the steps for, you know, then after that. Once that is done, then the printing, and there's several options for printing, whether the person chooses to do print on demand or they choose to do a printing company and, and overseas and, you know, and then the whole marketing would happen. It's, it's, a, it's a long journey and I have a deep, deep appreciation for how books come to our bookshelves. I had no idea before I embarked on 
the self-publishing route, how much energy, effort, how many people it actually takes for a book to make it on our bookshelf. And it's uh, it's something that is so deeply rewarding, but it also mm-hmm. takes a lot, a lot of effort. And also as a self-published author, a lot of resource. You are investing every step of the way as um, different from a traditionally published author who will get paid for uh, the work that they have written and then the publisher assumes all the cost. But as a self-published author, you have to do all of it. You have to write it. You have to invest in all of these other professional people coming on board. And then you have to keep investing in the marketing. So um, it's to be deeply appreciated um, from from us anytime someone publish something and it's done and done well know that that's a lot of efforts and a lot of resources mm-hmm. well it definitely sounds like a journey almost like building your own business to be honest with you when i'm hearing uh, you saying this yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's, i tell my yeah. authors honestly is like when you self-publish it's you're starting a small business it's yeah. it is a business you cannot just publish something and just okay i'm done it doesn't work like that. Anything they have to continuously market is a business, essentially. Yeah. So um, there's this word they, they call as an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. and really that mindset needs to be instilled in, in people's mind that it is essentially a small business. Yeah, that's what it sounds like for sure. So I want to ask you, when it comes to writing stories, is it just like opening up a Word document and then writing down whatever comes to mind and then creating the story or is there any research is there a methodical approach to this or and any research done beforehand or is it like write what comes to your heart really it depends are you mm-hmm. if you're writing a nonfiction uh, and if you're writing i mean i think any type of writing could require um research and things like that i know mm-hmm. a lot of authors that write picture book and do tons of research and ask they um i've had an author reach out to me and said you know, I'm writing a, a character that's Somali, and mm-hmm. I want to ask you questions about background, culture. Would this be appropriate for them to say, do they eat this type of food? So you have to remember that um, there's research in everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but how people operate and how ideas come to mind and artists' minds are all different. Mm-hmm. For me, it comes from... Um, it could be an inspiration. So I'll have an idea and I'll be like, okay, I have an idea. And then I sit with it. And then, and then it just kind of um, morphs in my mind. Yeah. And then I'll come and I'll write it on piece of paper. I'm more of a pen and paper type of person. And I'll just continue writing. And then once I have some semblance of a story, for me, it's more like fragments will come to me. And then I'll write that. And this is me writing a picture book. So that's my domain. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't written a novel or anything like that. Or yeah. um, So the process for that, I'm sure, requires a lot more research. If you're, you know, setting it in a different place, in a different country. If you're writing characters that are outside of your community, outside mm-hmm. of your depth of knowledge um, personally, then that would require. So there is still level of research that is required. Um, but how people tackle the writing process is really individual. Um, for me, um, it's it's a habit. Some some days, you know, nothing comes to mind. But just having that habit of coming to wherever you're writing and creating that space of writing. So I am writing this, and my mind is working on it. Even if I'm cooking, and little things will come to me, and I'll jot it down somewhere, and then putting all those pieces together. Really. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, have you, have you ever find your, found yourself like, uh, I mean, I do this all the time. I kind of go to bed thinking about my business. Then I wake up and have an idea. I don't have to run to write it down before I forget. Like, I guess you're, you're, you wait, you're waiting for those bouts of inspiration to come. And when they come, you got to catch them. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Going to bed is the worst time because you're like, (laughs) Oh, amazing idea i will remember in the morning and you never never do so what i do is i write on my phone or leave myself voice notes sometimes they make absolutely no sense and i'm like (laughs) something something because it's just fragments it's that time between your between the sleep world and you're still awake and it's just that magical time where you get all these brilliant ideas Mm -hmm. um it's just because you're relaxed i think that's what it is is that your mind is almost at rest and Mm -hmm. you have that openness to ideas um and yeah you have to capture them that's awesome so i want to ask you uh have you ever experienced writer's block i mean for people who say oh i have writer's block is that a real thing is that a real is that oh, a yeah. real it's, thing okay it's a real thing it's a real thing i've experienced it many times and it's um it's really hard because sometimes you're um that's what i said is like there's habits you have to create habits and sometimes mm-hmm. there's nothing nothing comes to mind um what helps me the most in the writer's block phase is reading other people's words mm-hmm. um i will go and read someone else's book that i really love or an author that i always get inspired by and i'll be like oh that's so beautiful and sometimes that's the only thing that will get me to write some more words or something like that or mm-hmm. i'll go for a walk or something to kind of unwind um, but it's so important to come back and making sure that you're still creating that space for writing. Sometimes we have writer's block and we just kind of give up for a while. It is necessary sometimes to walk away, to give space and think about things, but it's always important to come back. So don't let the writer's block um, just stop you from writing and coming back to your project. Um, do other things that relax your mind, that inspires you whether it's reading a really good book by an author that you like, watching a show that, you know, that will inspire your uh, creativity. For me, it's watching other creators create. Yeah. So if even if I'm watching somebody else in their element and seeing that creativity, it's that um, sometimes I I also make uh, for, for, I see um, an image of a book or something in inspiration and I ask God, please, Make it as beautiful as in my mind as it is. Because right. sometimes you have these brilliant ideas and they yeah. look so amazing in your mind. And then you try to bring it to life and you're like, this doesn't look the same, right? This is, this is me with painting. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know honestly, how to paint. <laughs> right? It's in my like mind, it's like this yeah, beautiful yeah. landscape. I bring it on. It's, it looks like a two, two-year-old drew, drew the, <laughs> right. you know? <laughs> and yeah, it's like, it's so important to keep asking God to elevate your craft, elevate mm-hmm. your art, to continue to inspire you, mm-hmm. to continue to allow you to create. Um, and I, I think, yeah, so sometimes just that space to, um, you know, make that uh, walk away, watch other people create, be inspired, remember your why, and then inshallah, when you come back, to your space of writing something will come to you yeah definitely no i completely agree i love that and i think what you mentioned is something i want to highlight which is you know to become a, a great storyteller or even um you know in business or really in anything is you have to consume more stories right it, to become a great creator you have to consume other people's 
you know, creations, and I'm not saying creations, you know, like in the, but I mean, like, let's say arts, right? Like you want to be right. a, a great creator of art. Well, you need to consume other people's art. You want to be a great creator of like books and stories. You have to consume other people's stories, right? So right. you have to essentially be a consumer so you can under, get that inspiration, understand and have that experience to then create your own version of it. And even because a lot of people think, and I'm just drawing the parallels now between this and business because you know, I'm thinking about the business side, but even in entrepreneurship, like a lot of people think, Oh, you know what? Um, the the key is uh, when I when I when I move forward is I need to come up with something completely unique. But most of the time, all the great businesses that you see, it's not that they came up with something completely unique. It's that they saw something that inspired them, or they came up with an idea of how to do something better or something in their own personalized way, right? And so a lot of times, even if I would look at art or paintings, and you look at all the greatest painters and all the greatest inventors and even the greatest scientists, and you would if you really look closely at them, you'll, you'll see that they actually had mentors, they had partners, they had people that they worked with and they took ideas that were already there and they expanded on those ideas and they made them better right. and they made them bigger and they changed them. So it's really this, I think there's this misconception between overvaluing the act of creating something completely unique that has never been done before, but rather instead, you know, how can you feed off of all the stories that you've consumed throughout your life and all, all these uh, different moments and maybe events that inspired you to then create your own story in your own unique way. Does that make sense? Ab yeah, absolutely. Because you mm -hmm. have to think about um, all the stories that are out there. These mm -hmm. ideas are not all original, right? But right. what makes them original is the fact that the person writing it is, is different. Yeah. So there's so many stories tackling the same subjects but the way that they're writing them is different based on that person's life experience, based on the way that they write, the way that they bring the words to life. Um, and all of that is different. And so I think, yeah, it is very important to yeah. consume the, the art. But I do believe that there is space between the consumption and the creation. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I cannot create, I go to consuming the right type of art in order to inspire me. But when I'm creating, I'm not able to consume as much because I don't want to get too, too influenced. I'm trying to do my thing and what I'm creating needs to come together organically for me in my mind. Um, so there's, for me, there's that duality between the consumption and the creation. So I do believe that you have to do both in order to really um, come up with your, your thing. But when I'm in the phase of creating, I really try to stay within that space so that um, my direction and what I'm trying to do perhaps doesn't get deviated by what other people are doing. I don't know if you find the same way. Like if yeah. I'm trying to write something, I can't consume too many things mm -hmm. at that time because I'm in the flow of yes. writing. But Correct. if I'm in a block, then I'll go back to consuming to get For inspired, sure. to get my juices flowing again. 100%. I love that you brought that up, actually, because again, I'm gonna draw another parallel to business, but it's really similar in the sense that, you know, initially, you're gonna have like your research and, you know, exploring yeah. what other businesses are doing. But then once it comes time to, okay, you found your idea, and you moving forward with it, you can't then at, at the same time, continue to just start, you know, stalking every other business exactly. owner and what they're doing, and then copying what they're doing, because then it's going to dilute your own work. So Absolutely. as you mentioned, I love that there's a period for, you know, a kind of assimilating the information, and there's another period for then producing. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and those two different periods, those two different states, they require different energies and, and different ways of operating. So I'm um, uh, right. really glad that you touched upon that. I have one more uh, question for you. This is a question that I ask um, 
uh, every single entrepreneur that comes on the, on this episode. There was a, there's a few more that I want to go into, but inshallah, maybe we'll have you back on um, awesome, yeah. on the show because uh, this episode has been awesome. But what advice would you give to uh, entrepreneurs who are listening to this or someone who's listening to this who is looking to write their their first book? Is there any, any big advice or big tip that you can give to them uh, that they can walk away from this episode with? Yeah, I think I would I would say have the courage to write it mm -hmm. because a lot of people come to me, a lot of people that I hear say, I've always wanted to write a book. Mm -hmm. And so many people have that desire on their heart. And like I said before, it's like what makes people different is for those that have a desire, a dream, an aspiration, a goal is that there are people that will move towards that dream and make that a reality. And there are people that will always sit on that. So I think the first piece of advice that I would give is move towards your dream. Yeah. Um, being on a path, um, even as a Muslim, is being on a path. Like we have to start a journey. We're all on journeys in this life. And I would say that. And if you have that inspiration, if you have that desire, if you have that dream, the first step is to start it. Um, you're not sure exactly how you're going to get there, but start writing. Mm -hmm. Create a daily ritual where you write for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, whatever that is. Just start writing. You're not sure exactly what you're writing. Just write and form that habit of writing. Then once you get clear on what it is that you want to write, start consuming that type of content. So if it's a YA that you're writing, start reading YA. If it's a picture book that you're writing, start reading picture books because you cannot write something if you're not familiar with it, if you're not immersed in the language and the, the, the ways that the story is formed. There's an art to every type of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And your story has to fit in within that, that art and the way that it is constructed. Um, and But you have to follow the structure of the way that it is built. Same with businesses. Every business has the same type of things. It's just different for every business. So yeah. that's what I would say. Really start um, moving towards that. Make dua that you um, will see your project true. But really just that's my advice is to start to mm -hmm. do to I do that. it stop dreaming yeah. <laughs> i love that no no that's beautiful advice for sharing that and you know for joining me on the podcast it was uh such a such a beautiful conversation and i want to know where can people go to uh support you connect with you learn more about what you do and even possibly join your coaching program to be able to launch their first book Awesome. Yeah, so please join me. Um, I have two accounts on social media. I'm mainly mm -hmm. uh, very active on uh, Instagram, uh, mm -hmm. Rahma Roda, and that is, and then my coaching programs and my other programs is called Self-Published Legacy, which mm -hmm. is uh, all linked on my main page. Please connect with me there. I have tons and tons of tips on there and uh, ways for you to con connect with me in terms of if you wanted to, for me to coach you or just to guide you or to do any uh, of that side of the business with you. Um, and I would love it if your audience could support me um, on pre-ordering my picture book that's coming up. It's called Dear Black Child. It is coming up September, 2022. And so there's links on my pages on pre-orders in Canada and the U.S. 
Awesome. Mashallah. So we're going to make sure to include those in the description, guys. Go and check out the description, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on any audio platform for the links to uh, Sister Rahma's Instagram. And on there, through her uh, bio, her link in the bio on Instagram, you can go and pre-order the book. You can go and learn more about her coaching business as well and uh, possibly join that if you need help writing your first book and just participating in all of these uh, various services that she offers to help you as an author, or even if you just want to get that book for your kid, then why not go ahead and do that? And I'm sure it's going to be amazing to share with them a different perspective than what is normally available in stores. Uh, so that's going to be really cool, inshallah. Jazakallah khair, Sister Rahma, for joining us. This was an absolutely amazing episode. Really enjoyed every minute of it. Jazakallah khair. I'm so glad we were able to connect, and thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And uh, you guys know the drill. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review and let us know how much you love this podcast. And of course, you can follow Omarpreneur by searching Omarpreneur on any social media platform. We'd love to have you as a follower in our, in our audience and share with you some more tips outside of the podcast. And until then, we'll see you in the next one. Take care, guys. As said, I'm on